for Finance, Pascal Tanu. Good morning. Good morning, Shane. Uh, lots to get through, but I have to start with the airport because there's a screen in the corner there that has Sky News uh, as uh, one of its lead stories, Dublin Airport and the chaos at Dublin Airport. Uh, I think as uh, you'll become Minister for Public Expenditure later this year, you'll be the chief shareholder at that point, I think I'm right in saying, uh, in, in uh, the DAA. It's a shambles, isn't it? Uh, what happened uh, over this weekend has been unacceptable. Uh, Dublin Airport is normally a jewel in our crown uh, when it comes to uh, managing uh, access and the transport of tens of millions of people in and out of our country each year. Uh, last week, this weekend, it took a real step backwards and we expect uh, the management in DAA to quickly put in place plans that will make a big difference. Uh- did, like it's incompetence on their part, isn't it? Like I, I, I'm really struggling to 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 know why they laid off so many people dur- during COVID. When, I mean, it was we all knew at some point COVID would end. None of us knew when, but yeah. to leave the airport so unprepared. So I guess as I answer your question, I am lucky to be able to see the Sky News screen, and it does show what is happening in Dublin Airport. But the same programme is making reference to transport difficulties that are happening in the UK as yeah, well. Yeah, they are happening as elsewhere. airports all over the world uh, encounter some difficulty in relation to the number of people travelling and staffing decisions that were made. Um, all that being said, while on one hand it is understandable that during a period in which by and large our airports were empty or mm. had a very low number of people in them, that airport management did make choices in relation to how many staff were there. Even but though there was a wage sub- a subsidy scheme in place, which we were going, to, which actually finishes uh, today. I mean, that was very generous. It was in place. It was put in place by yourself, I suppose, to protect those jobs. Uh, but the wage subsidy scheme did not cover all of the wages of any sector and wasn't big enough, nor could it ever be big enough no, to compensate but Minister, for... But Minister, we're not talking about some little small company here. The DEA is awash with cash. It has made a fortune over the last 10 years. And that is why, while I think it's important to acknowledge the context of what has happened in aviation over the last number of years and it ha- what has happened in our airports, my core point is still that what has happened over the last number of days is unacceptable. Yeah. Even if some challenges are being experienced by the sector... Any airport, particularly one as sophisticated as Dublin Airport, uh, does have many indicators to allow it to know what kind of demand is going to be happening days, weeks and months ahead. Okay. And therefore, while I have no doubt there are some factors that can explain what happened, uh, they do not uh, 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 kind of take the place of there uh, having to be good plans in place to minimise this happening during the week and make sure that this does not happen across the summer. I think we in the media sometimes jump too quickly to ask this question, but I, I actually think in this case it is it is absolutely called for. Do you have confidence in the management of, of, the Dub- of Dublin Airport? Uh, yes, I do. And the reason why I have had is and do is because of their success in managing Dublin Airport and the growth of Dublin Airport over many years. Yeah, that and was kind of easy bit though, wasn't it? I mean, it was shooting fish in a barrel. You couldn't but make money. The first big test that's come on, they've made a pig's ear of it. Uh, well, I would look overall at the success of Dublin Airport and growing its infrastructure and aviation and growing routes into airports, particularly for countries of the scale of Ireland, is no mean achievement. But this is why what has happened over the last few days is so disappointing. Mm. Given the investment in Dublin Airport, given the success that they they have had, it is simply unacceptable to see the kind of delays, the kind of queues 
and uh, so many not being able to travel, not being able to take a holiday, not being able to take a business trip. So while there are some factors that can explain it, nothing justifies it. And that is why in the okay. days that are ahead, it has to be fixed. F- just finally on this, I mean, there's the counter view and it was one expressed by the former Transport Minister Shane Ross a little bit earlier when he was in with us saying... It, it, Empire building is what's happened at, at Dublin Airport. They resisted the idea of a, of a third terminal. Um, there's a culture of complacency out there because of a lack of competition. There's surely some substance to that. Well, there is ample international competition to Dublin Airport. Ample. And Shane was uh, Minister, Minister for Minister. Transport. There isn't. I mean, like, Shane was Minister for like, Transport. When I was flying out to Paris, when years, I was flying Shane, out to Paris on the, Saturday, had, there was no, there was no had, competition. There was the only one airport I could go from. He had the opportunity to make a difference to those matters over and over Well, I think his argument is he tried to, and there was huge resistance from DAA to this. Uh, but uh, even if uh, there are things that could be done uh, differently or better to the structure of our aviation sector here in Ireland, it is a sector that has served our country very well in recent years, but nothing can explain or justify what happened over the last number of days. It must, and the government expects, that it will improve. Yellow card, not a red card for the management. Is for that? now. Okay, for now. All right. Uh, can I ask you about the uh, the latest report uh, from the uh, the Fiscal Council? You've, you've kind of locked horns with them a couple of times over uh, the years, and they're warning not for the first time about corporate the corporate tax take they're saying uh, it may be temporary and it cannot be counted in the future they're suggesting you set up a rainy day fund and they're saying you should do it in a measured way uh, a gradual reduction it's quite the overstatement to say I've locked horns with the uh, with the Irish advisory well they were critical of, of, of one of your budgets yeah, and but uh, they're, they're doing their job yeah. and I have made the case for what I've done as well which is a long way away from locking horns. Is that not locking horns? It's making the case for the role I do and the decisions that I make. I have nothing but respect for the work that they do. Uh, Yes, uh, they do make the case now uh, for the need to tackle yet again where we are with reliance on corporate tax receipts. The first step on that is for the next budget is to do all we can to reduce the need for our country to have to borrow. But if you consider the report in the round, while they do call on many areas for us to improve, which I accept, they also acknowledge that the budget that we have in place for this year is appropriate. They acknowledge the recovery that has taken place in our economy and the fact that our debt situation is really beginning to improve. Uh, and they um, acknowledge that particularly in the next year or two, the ability of our national finances to recover quickly is very strong. Mm. No, I did do it. It's, they, it's they a do positive report in many ways. They do. And that is why, yes, if we look at where we are with corporate tax receipts before the pandemic hit, yeah. we were beginning to run surpluses. And it is the case now that we are going to have to, particularly with the strong recovery that is underway, make choices to reduce our borrowing quickly. Are you minded towards setting up that kind of rainy day fund that so the, they have so set? So the rainy day suggested. fund is already set up. I legislated for yeah. it. Uh, am Is there I anything, in the, anything in the piggy bank? Obviously not for very good reasons. Fair enough. Uh, given where we are with the pandemic and given the need to fund things like the employment wage subsidy scheme. What I don't think makes sense is to borrow money to put it into the rainy day fund. And that is why getting to a position of a very low level of borrowing for next year or maybe no borrowing at all is the first step then for putting money back into that fund. Okay, they also make the point that um, you are going to have to make choices as finance minister and uh, and uh, your, your your colleague as public expenditure minister is going to have to, have to make choices uh, between inflation uh, inflation tackling measures and other plans. <coughs> now, 
you've been criticised by colleagues in your own party, unfairly in my view, but that criticism is there for being too parsimonious at times. Can you do that balancing act? Can you get that balancing act right between um, tackling inflation, but at the same time, money for other stuff, Slauncher Care and all those other issues? Yes, I believe we can. And if you look at other appearances that I've made in your studio, Shane, in recent months, I'm continually having to deal with the charge about why don't we do more and spend more to help with the cost of living. And I always make the point that we uh, have to remember our experience during COVID where we could help with many challenges and many economic difficulties, but we couldn't do everything all of the time. And because of that approach, we could recover to where we are now. That stands up with where we are with the pandemic as well. And I believe we can get the balance right. I believe the budgets that are coming up won't face the kind of existential challenge that we faced when we were dealing with our economy being virtually closed due mm. to a pandemic. Yeah. But they are going to be very complex and there will be a need to try to get the balance between helping with challenges and not adding to the level of them. And briefly, the, the criticism that many of the costs uh, that uh, Slauncher Care reforms, defence spending, all those things are not built into the official budget forecast. Is that something you will look to address? There is some merit, certainly, in that point. Uh, we have a commission on defence that we need to consider the uh, conclusions of and consider how it could be funded and then we have a decision that the government will will make in the coming weeks and months regarding the sustainability of our pension system and how that can be better funded in the future. Uh, but, but overall in the report uh, they are acknowledging that due to as a consequence of many many decisions we are now at a point in which the national debt of our country while it is high versus the size of our economy is far lower than we could have expected during the pandemic and is beginning to improve rapidly. And I'd make the case for that as we face into other economic challenges. We have a very low level of unemployment in our country now, despite the fact we had 640,000 people on the pub a year ago. Yeah. We can build on that progress. You mentioned the pub. It would be remiss of me not to, 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 to mention today being the last day of the wage subsidy scheme. Is it after two years? Is it the right time to, 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 to end it, do you think? Absolutely. We've invested 10 billion euro of your listeners' money in looking after employers and workers when they were asked to close due to the pandemic. And due to that measure, we have saved tens of thousands of businesses and it laid the foundations for the extraordinary recovery in employment in Ireland. But we have to bring it to an end because yeah. obviously the health emergency is well gone. Was now. all that money used well, all that 10 billion? Uh, I'm confident that the vast majority of it was. OK, all right. Uh, just before you go, um, interesting comments by the Chief Justice today voicing strong concerns. I, I know it's not strictly speaking your bailiwick, but as a, as a government member, a senior government member, they're saying um, the Chief Justice voicing strong concerns about some of the government's proposals for reforming the system of judicial uh, appointments. I think um, uh, Donald O'Donnell, the Chief Justice, uh, being con particularly concerned about uh, the, uh, the the lay members, the lay members majority <coughs> on the judicial uh, council. Um, we had Shane Ross, your former cabinet colleague, uh, with us a little bit earlier. He said he believed the Chief Justice, and uh, I think he actually said he should have kept his mouth shut. Now, I know you would never use such intemperate language about the Chief Justice, but was it helpful? Are these comments helpful from the Chief Justice? The Chief Justice was participating in a consultative process on a new piece of legislation that the government itself initiated. And of course, it's appropriate for a, the judiciary 
by the Chief Justice to give such a view in a consultation the government set up okay. to hear views on a bill. All right. And we'll certainly uh, consider uh, what he has said. Do you understand the Chief Justice's concerns? Uh, I, or I, is this just the judiciary and the legal system looking after its, its own? Uh, well, I believe the piece of legislation that Minister McEntee has brought forward, and just to give some context to your listeners on it, this is a law about how we will reform and change how judges are appointed in the future. I believe the government has that balance right in the proposal that has been brought forward by Minister McEntee. But of course, we'll always listen carefully to what the judiciary has to say, particularly the Chief Justice. Minister for Finance, Pascal Donnelly, thanks for talking to News Talk Breakfast this morning. Thank you, Shane. News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR. Weekday mornings at 7 on News.